Alright, ready to rock and roll! This is Leonard Lee, the mean Gene Okerlund of IOT. It's going to be pandemonium here on IOT Coffee Talk. We're talking the ultimate showdown, beatdown, smackdown of the century. It's a battle royale of IOT intellect. And today we have Stephanie Atkinson, the Miss Elizabeth of IOT, and David Vasquez, the rock of IOT, joining me to moderate a clash of titans. In the red corner, we have Aaron, the water heater beater, Halsbrook. Woo! Yeah. And, and we also have, he's also the CTO of Clearblade, a powerhouse of in, 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 intelligent assets. And in the blue corner, we have Rob, the doctor of digital twins. Tiffany weighing in and 180 pounds, who has a side job as the VP of IoT strategy at Ericsson. He is a true master of digital twins. And uh, let's get ready to rumble. You guys ready? Awesome. How did I do? How do you like my mustache? <laughs> you look like a total freak. I'm gonna take you down as <laughs> well. Couldn't help myself. I know you couldn't. I know you couldn't. All right, All right let's get this party started. All right. Yes, we want a clean fight. I'm gonna try to talk like this through the whole episode. Absolutely. You'll need water. It'll be ridiculous. <laughs> Lots of water. <laughs> My throat hurts. <laughs> I need some coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I just got coffee on my face. Yes, no coffee. <laughs> All right. Face. That's what you do. Let's get started. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Come on, let's get started. All right. Meet each other up. How did di- Digital wait, Twins wait, wait, start? Wait, wait, Give wait, us wait, your wait, bullshit wait. story. Wait, I think wait, we should wait, start wait, out wait. with a backstory. People in the audience need to know the origin story of Digital Twins, where they spawn from so that they get the whole vibe and they feel the power of the Digital Twins. <laughs> So let me start off, boys and girls, way back when, a long time ago, it all started with physical twins. If you all remember the harrowing story of Apollo 13, our good friend, astronaut Tom Hanks, Bill Paxton, <laughs> and, my, and, you know, and Kevin Bacon, who you're related to, were up in a capsule and they were struggling. They were, they were, they lost the moon. They didn't go there. Things were going haywire. But luckily, they had a physical twin Tom brother. in Houston, and Gary Sinise was there working round the clock to put square pegs in round holes to get CO2 out of there, to tell them how to reboot the whole module without using too much power. That is Ooh, the yeah. and so it started with physical twins, because that's what we did. We weren't as sophisticated. But then, as we move into the future, we see Tom Hanks again, and he's running back and forth across America. He's jogging for some reason. And then there he was. He was jogging through Monument Valley in Navajo Country. 
right at the border of Arizona and Utah. And he felt the pull. He felt some kind of pull to go somewhere mystical. And so he goes to Sedona, Arizona, and there he witnesses this freak lightning storm. And as the lightning is going down amongst the crystal power and the vortexes in Sedona, the first digital twin was created. That's how it all spawns. And from there, we started using digital assets to model physical ones. And that's how we would have solved a space problem in the future. And that's how NASA does it. And then manufacturing jumped on board. And so manufacturers are kind of the ones who led the digital twin revolution. But now, now they're going mainstream, brother. They're going <laughs> out. All kinds of people want to use digital twins. It's not just for spaceships anymore. It's not just for machines or bullet trains. It's for your IoT stuff. So there's your backstory for digital twins. We can go deeper later on. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, tag team, tag team. What's the backstory? I just said that because that's a term in wrestling. (laughs) Unless you guys have a digital twin of your voice box, you probably want to, you know, tone it down so that we can go past 11 minutes. Um, Okay. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. This is how I always talk. Aaron, does your story involve lightning in the middle of the desert and crystals? (laughs) You know... I'll tell you, David, (sighs) (laughs) it's been a long morning already. You know, it it doesn't involve lightning. It It really, it really just comes down to to something I'm a little embarrassed to talk about after a week, after a week of teasing Rob about his lair and hiding in there. I've spent all morning in his lair. I've been crawling around um, and it's, it's kind of a sad story. I hope you'll bear with me, but, but, but I, I got the call last night. Um, it turns out about uh, early 2019, March, I think, uh, uh, Rob's neighbors were, were complaining about noxious fumes. Uh, these neighbors actually called his uh, landlord, his landlord then went to the property manager. It was a big deal. Um, and they did what you did. You know, they actually went and they got a big, big partner, a big, brilliant partner, who, who went in and they started a four-month digital twin initiative. Um, this initiative kicked off and there was a lot of great expectations and it, it actually just went live on Monday. So everyone's really excited that this new digital twin's there and operators are walking around in 3D. They've actually been able to work in there. They've all been trained. Um, so Monday was an amazing day for, for the layer and the property management team there. Um, unfortunately, Tuesday, uh, the fish tank cleaner came in. The, the fish tank cleaner came in. They saw that it was time to clean. The digital twin said that. So they walked virtually through their world. They hit the big clean tank button. All the water rushed out. But the data was 24 hours old. It was a batch process that loaded this digital twin. Shame. Water came out. We didn't know the sharks had been delivered the evening before. Ah. Oh. That's and the laser sharks are just flapping on the ground, right? <coughs> Brutal. Oh. So, so what happens, right? So, you know, they're trying to recover from this. Suddenly, it turns out the sharks were actually endangered. Uh, so now the wildlife association's gotten involved. They want to put new regulations in place. Um, of course, the OSHA now knows about this, and there's a whole set of policies for management and worker safety around shark lasers. Um, so, so it's been a big deal. So last night I got the call, I got the call and they said, look, 
we actually have this noxious fume issue. We, this is what we want, right? We need to know what's going on with these fumes that our neighbors are complaining. So they said, can you solve this? Um, so, so we came in, we came in right away. We put in a few, it was a great LP win. Rob's lab is huge, right? I mean, you know what these things look like for these mad scientists. So LP win, we put them in, we put in a little bit of digital IO. So when the, the volatile VOC sensors or the carbon dioxide goes off, you know, we kick on the exhaust fans, we flush the toilets, we do all that sort of stuff to, to clear it out. Um, so, so great morning, good story. It's really been recovery. Intelligent Assets has gone in and accomplished this task in a matter of hours. So, you know, some interesting plans of where we're going to go. We're certainly going to go a bit further. Uh, we've got a great private LTE 5G network in there. We're going to be able to leverage. We're going to. Hey, sharks better be okay. You better <laughs> replace them with mutated sea bass. <laughs> the sharks are have lasers. Yep, yep. The and that does are noxious off. fumes. I smell like excellence every morning. I want sharks with lasers. You know, we'll put non-power trackers on those sharks. We'll know where they are, IP67 oh. related. And they're, they're all going to just flow into this intelligent asset system. So so really excited, but a tough morning, right? I mean, That's tough, a beautiful tough. picture of my evil lair. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love and that. Spread it far and wide, everybody. This is where the evil starts. I mean, the good uh, digital twins, I mean. We should, just, we should just disclose that, you know, the, the fumes might not be noxious after all because Washington State and Oregon, we, we've legalized this stuff a long time ago. So I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. That, that's, that's fair. The Austin, good thing is it's Austin is on its way. You know, the rules for what they fire, it's all configurable. The property manager runs with it all now. They don't have to call me. So, you know, if the fumes don't match the regulations, we're good to go. So that's really that's really exciting. There. Are you insinuating that my digital twin project took multiple years and then failed after the first day. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? I think that's what he's I'm saying. I'm insinuating the vision was amazing, but what we needed to solve for the immediate problem was much smaller in scope. But we needed to detect the temperature of something. And therefore I had to build millions of composite digital twins that would predict <laughs> out into the future to tell us how things are going to play out especially if you start doing forward a reverse entropy, like, you know, that movie that came out last summer where bullets are being caught by your gun. That's why you might need that stuff along the digital thread, brother. <laughs> I can't. You know, uh, I'm going to insert a serious question here because we're drinking coffee and I don't know about you, but it's not Irish or anything. It's just, you know, black coffee. The, you know, for, Look for for the community. Do we um, we always get the thing uh, of if the customer doesn't know what we're talking about? Do we care about calling it a digital asset or a digital twin? If I'm getting the same value out of it, you know, could could we use this battle royale to maybe deliver some uh, alleviate the confusion? Because you know, like in all things IoT, there's a lot of things that are just hyped up. And sometimes it's semantics, and sometimes it's just let the marketing guy had a bigger budget than product. So you know, <laughs> there it goes, right? So it used to be hyped up, but now we're swimming with the sharks in the trough of disillusionment <laughs> with lasers. And that <laughs> curve goes. Don't get shot. <laughs> so do you're you you're dead on. You're dead on, right? I mean, I, I only call this the second worst term out there right now in my first video, right? There's a there's a worse term than this one, but what what this term, what digital twin meant was great, but I couldn't, I can't use that term. I'm implying who knows what now when I talk to folks about it, right? I mean, 
I went to bed last night with a yet another big company posting digital twins and showing people walking around with visors. And, and that's, that's not the problem that, I mean, I love vision, but that's not the problem that's being asked to be solved or people should be looking at first. Yeah, I agree. What? What? <laughs> no, no, hold on, hold on. I, I, I like this because I, I think I can extract a question. Aaron, so just, um, so my gig, this, like I, I ask all of the ignorant questions because I'm the only person that fell into this thing out of just luck. I think somehow I'm in a yellow. You're lucky, brother, to be here. Leonard just, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going to go backwards. And he's going to the Vs. And somehow I'm in here. But. You just said, you know, the, um, so are you saying that, you know, in the context of IoT, you know, to understand something better, you know, I don't know, maintenance or avoid something from happening to, you know, to a system, to, to a process, whatever, that there are many things you can do before you jump into the shark tank of digital twin. Is, is that your view? Because well, that's not Rob's. Well, that, that is the view, right? I think we have to start somewhere. And again, I not all my customers are the same, right? I'm, I'm looking at infrastructure. I'm looking at, I'm looking at interesting things. And there's a lot of value that can be hit on day one before we look to the end, right? This is not a, a zero to 100%. In, in, in any situation I've been in, quite frankly, everything is constantly being iterated on. That's something everyone should know. The investment isn't done. Once you do this one time, you've got to keep going, but it's absolutely, there are many, many things you can do that are the first steps down this path and intelligent assets takes that step, the connectivity, the basic monitoring, the basic tracking, you know, it, it has the ability to move forward in this vision, but it takes that first step in a very, very attainable way. That's why I'm, I'm out here doing this. That's why I'm challenging this term digital twin is because I have to separate the gigantic vision that's been painted in our community down to some attainable first steps. Right. But some would argue and maybe and maybe and maybe Rob would argue that in in that scenario that you describe, basically, hey, let's start small because, you know, we can iterate, we can go places. But I think Rob would argue that if because not two customers are the same, but they some are similar, that if Rob has this digital twin that's been learning for a long, long time and understands, you know, uh, you know, all the inputs, outputs, process, people, et cetera that his time to value would obliterate your start small, start to value, Aaron. So you just completely missed the whole fact that he's been learning for a long, 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 long time. <laughs> time to value is part of that long, 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 long time. <laughs> you don't get to subtract that. So, no, no, hold on, Rob. I've got, I've got, I've got one more. I like this. And then, and then I'm just going to go mute. The, <laughs> oh. So, Aaron, I, 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 feel, I, feel, I feel your answer. I really wish we were doing this live, you know, in a bar somewhere with yes. tons of, uh, tons of uh, cameras. Oh, yeah. um, but is this, in another shot from you to, to Digital Twins, is it more of a comment that, A, if I have, you know, a Digital Twin that has been learning from an asset somewhere for a long, long, long time, that in order for that digital twin to deliver whatever value to an identical asset somewhere else, do you agree that the time to value is shorter because it's learned 
or it's your view that that's marketing bullshit and that that digital twin is going to have. No, hear me out, because let's just go. I've got I've got I've got a SCADA, you know, PLC, HMI uh, bottling operation here. I've got this digital twin. I've had it for two years and we've shown X percent less downtime like life is good. So I'm going to go pitch. Right. I'm going to go to this other bottler and say, hey, I've done this before. Is your view, though, that this is where the marketing comes in and that, in fact, that digital twin in the new location actually has to learn again because there are, you know, uh, environmental factors that are different from site A to site B? Is, is that what you're saying, that th there is no acceleration of value with digital twins? So I'm going to say 75% digital twins you can certainly reuse. But in my experience, there's a lot of differentiation once you get out in the field and a lot of tuning that has to happen. Whether it's a camera and the new angle that it's sitting at, right? I have a real hard time with default algorithms off cameras because people hung it at an angle and the security guy moves it every night and it might have different lighting and there's a mirror in the background, right? That algorithm, it was great, but now I got to go customize it and I've got to turn it. So maybe even 80%. But then these things actually get really specific. I mean, you know, I love video recognition, object recognition, but to look at a, I'll take a, a railroad switch because it's one that I've stared at for a while. Somehow those things are far more complex to predict failure than I ever expected, right? It takes sub millisecond data feeds on the current and voltages to create graphs that look like just simple waves to my dumb eyes. Hmm. And ultimately that data is what- That's right, you have dumb eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so so the, dumb. The, there, we absolutely want that intelligence, right? I've gotten, I've gotten a huge feedback from Rob's fans about how wrong I am with very complicated different models. There are a lot of different models that have to go into a lot of common places. And so that's where I'm coming at it from of, we can't start with that in, I love that in model. I'm glad there's data scientists out there who are figuring this, but to paint that picture as the end state and that it's going to work everywhere. I think that's in where we're in the trough of this illusionment right now. Fair enough. Uh, and just sort of adjacent, I would love to sell you uh, some professional services so that when your security guy changes the camera, I'll go do it. At, uh, it'll be a reasonable fee. Perfect. IoT Perfect. revenue. $600 an hour. What <laughs> <laughs> a deal. So when I came down from the mountain, I was there in the board of Texas. The lightning had just struck. The, tw the original twin was just glowing. And it seemed simple to me. But then I realized it could replicate and we could have composite digital twins. But then I realized there's a lot of misunderstanding out there in the world. People keep thinking digital twins are ML models. People keep thinking digital twins are AR, VR somehow. No, they can be, what? but they could be something simple. There's a volume knob you can turn from one to 10, maybe 11 if you need it, brother. You've got a thing out there. Let's say, let's say something ridiculous <laughs> happened. Like I went out to the field, as you call it. You just think you're going to the field. You're still in your pod in the matrix that I created. But that's okay. You're eating that steak and it tastes like steak. That's what you programmed it to think. So here's the real thing out in the field. And it's sending you telemetry. We're going to use that IoT machine that you talked about, you know, some kind of 
entangled tunnel between the physical thing and the digital thing. And we're going to send that telemetry. Maybe it's got information about its health and performance and current state from all kinds of sensors. That digital twin is capturing that stuff. I don't think this sounds like rocket science at all. We are labeling the data coming from here and we're matching it up on the twin over here. And we're hydrating that 10 with those same values. This is stuff that people are already doing with IoT. It's just another way to model data. You can do real-time digital twins. You can have rules in twins. You can have KPIs. You can trigger events. You can take action. It's not just about learning an ML model over time. It's more versatile than you think. I think it makes it easier for people to wrap their head around it, brother. I love it. I love composite twins. That's, I mean, we have parent-child assets, right? A wheel belongs to the truck. Say it ain't so. You know what I'm thinking, though? I think we can- Parent-child? What? You have that? Parent-child. That's what assets are made of. They're components. But I think we have more, uh, what is it? Fraternal twins than we do identical twins out here in this digital world. You already said maybe it's 75%, 80%. We don't have identical twins. Do we have identical twins? Do we have identical digital twins out there? Rob, Tiffany. No. <laughs> As it turns out, we don't have identical things. I learned this the hard commercial. way. So after I invented IoT with Al Gore, and then I brought down the first digital twin from the Vortexes, <laughs> there I was at Hitachi creating Lumata. In the leader's quadrant, thank you very much. Oh I'll take all that credit. We call them asset avatars because people like seven-foot aliens instead of calling them twins. <laughs> but the reality was, to your point about fraternal versus identical, we had researchers, we had data scientists, we had those stats PhD guys working around the clock, creating models to predict stuff in a lab. And you know what we found out? It didn't always work in the field. You would, you would create a model, you would create analytics to predict the future of a failure on an asset class, a digital twin model, if you will, an asset type, something like that. And in the lab, we got perfection, brothers. But in the field, the instances of that asset class turned out they were all just a little bit different. And the context was different and their environment was different. Good morning, Dave. And, <laughs> and so we, we did not have as much reliability as we thought. So, Stephanie, you're right about the fraternal twins. We're all in a fraternity. Oh, brothers. Don't get hazed. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Thanks, Forrest. Oh, my God. I can't. So where do we go from oh, here, guys? Boy. Where do we go from here? So I think that the gap is closing. We both agree that there are there are shorter term fixes and solutions that are out there versus longer term. And we also have heard, though, that digital twins may not be as long as you think they are if these models have been out there for a while. But there also might be some solutions that's more simulated software as opposed to some massive digital twin. I, when I think of digital twin, I think of lots of money. Are we closing this gap? You know what I need to hear? I need to hear from my cleaning crew brother over there, Aaron. <laughs> you know, who just, he just got off his midnight shift of mopping, <laughs> you know, there in Austin, probably over at the University of Texas. And so <laughs> I bet you he might want to explain what the hell are these intelligent assets? What is that all about? Why should anyone care Why are you about wearing that suit? <laughs> 
first thing, the horns first down, thing, baby, horns down. <laughs> the first thing to know about intelligent assets is there's no terms about models. There's no terms about technology. There's no terms that are confusing that hopefully are, aren't showing up on, on television commercials. It's all about operations. And that's that's the focus, right? The focus is to push all of the technology below it and get to operations. So an asset, an asset is what you know in your business. The asset is something that gets described by the mechanic, gets described by the dispatcher, it gets described by the maintainer. It's basically the real thing in the field, right? It's got its temperature, it's got its number of wheels, it's got its pressures, it's all business operations described. It's used by the person who needs it every day. In my case, I'm in there as the cleaner, uh, the, the installer, and I'm being able to actually build this system myself without all of the technology. It lets me bring integration, right? We gotta have right partners, whoever's making this 5G network, right? Whoever is building these sensors, it has to be able to accept that, right? And then it has to be able to do the all the things you need to do out of the gate, monitor, track, command and control, and, and act, right? Send some reports and, and let people know. That's all Intelligent Assets is about, out of the gate, providing that. Are you saying that Intelligent Assets would let you, is it like, do you define it in a system? Do you say this is an, make an asset type, an asset class? That would be, in, you know, because there's only, there's a class for one thing, but there's instances of multiple. Do you go into a system and define all the the attributes, the properties, and their data types and units of measure? Not mad scientists like you. The people in the field do this. They go in and define this. They're told, here's what the sensor gives you, and they just click, take the sensor and put it inside of my truck, my asset truck. So it is it is not mad science to get to this. It's basically just the device comes in and, and puts it into the asset as you understand it. So the device is here and it's entangled with your platform here, sending telemetry, but someone maybe typed in a definition for that device. Yeah, they said it's a truck. You got Your it. intelligent asset said it's a truck. And then it's got all these properties, four tires, pressure, engine, oil, temperature, Very blah, blah, blah. simple, easy enough for a normal human to know how to use, not needing to know composite relationships and stuff. But within your truck, would that be an, an instance of an intelligent asset as opposed to the definition of a type of a truck? You would have a truck. Yes, you would have a truck asset of that type truck. You got it. You got it. And so the actual values come in, but maybe you've got some KPIs or some rules or some triggers, events that are saying, well, this looks good, but if it looks like this, maybe that's no bueno. And we get a firing event or something. Totally. So, but 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 then it's not the it's it's all in the business language. It's too hot. You don't have to go in there and write mathematical algorithms to say certain, you know, greater thans and all this stuff. You just say it's too hot. You make it easy, easy for the operator to use. You got to drop it like it's hot, brother. <laughs> yes. Sounds like, uh, you know, sounds like some, it's just semantics. This is sounding like a semantic war. It sounds like your intelligent assets are secretly digital twins. It sounds like it's you're creating oil, digital oil, twin oil. models. I think, Dr. Digital Twin, your term, when you brought it down from the high mountain, was pure. But it's been co-opted. It's been perverted. 
it no Seriously. longer is comprehensible. It's no. I got asked about, you know, the, it's expensive. All of this stuff has come out. Your digital twin term <laughs> is now meaningless. I refuse to say it's semantics because I can't still define digital twin still anymore. Do you have a history of your intelligent asset over time? Of course we keep history. And so the state of that asset over time, time series, if you will, over, it could be its whole lifetime potentially, right? Of, of course. It's cradle to grave. History. Cradle to your grave, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a whole lot like a digital thread, brother. That was more like a DDT. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. I think I'm having an epiphany here. It sounds like your intelligent assets are doing the basics of what digital twins do. I'm just getting a vibe. I don't know. Well, I don't know if I it's think, real. I think this is more like a tag team and not a battle. Maybe. What? <laughs> you guys are working together. What? What rock? Rock? What do you think? <laughs> well, are you yeah, I don't know. Isn't this like when like Hulk Hogan went to the WCW for a bit, right? Like they're, you know. Changing teams or something. He went into the the other side. Look, there you go. Macho Man Randy Savage. No, that's that. No, look at them yellow pants. That's Hulk lifting Andre the Giant. Yes, yes, oh. it is. <laughs> it's Andre's one body slam ever. Of course, I remember when I picked up Rocky Balboa <laughs> and threw him out of the ring. But Rocky came back into the ring and somehow picked me up and threw me out. I don't know how it happened. It was crazy. <laughs> And people are all screaming, Rocky, Rocky. I don't know. I think they were saying Robbie. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what it was. So intelligent asset, you might have a type of an asset. You have the instance of the asset. You've got rules. You've got real values. And you can act on those things without writing a bunch of complicated code somewhere. I bet you that's what you have to do in your platform, right? you got to write tons of code. To make Not anything work. assets, it's all for the end user. No code. It's no, there, there's no code. It's just for the end user. Who wants Did you say no code? No code. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what is it's no code that normal humans can use in their jobs? Every human knows how to write assembly language. What are you talking about? <laughs> this no. sounds too practical. It is a way to get this stuff, and it's a way to get started without a huge effort, right? That it, it, it doesn't have to include all the attributes and all the things that are being part of a digital twin. It's a first step into starting with this stuff. So you can just do only what you need and not, like, turn the volume to 11? You can start at one. That's right, Rob. You can do the thing. One matters. One matters. And to oh. clarify, you're saying no code, and I don't need a COBOL and Fortran background? No COBOL and Fortran. you got to know a whole lot about a business I don't understand, whether it's maintaining aircraft or, or fixing it, fixing railroads or, or building houses. you got to understand that stuff, but you don't have to understand how to write Fortran, COBOL, or JavaScript or anything else. You Are you telling me? Access people? database. <laughs> and not even an access database. Thank you very much, Rob. There's really a lot of things that I was able to glance off, but that hurt. What about DBase 3 Plus? 
What about Paradox? Cubase. <laughs> what about Fox Pro? What about Clipper? Hey, I held back on UML models on all this modeling stuff. So. Oh, UML models made my head explode. <laughs> you and your rational roses in your garden. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So this sounds like this is too easy. It almost sounds like you're telling me that what you really need is just business people with the domain knowledge of the actual problem. And then somehow without writing code, they can just click and make stuff happen. That's what an asset is. And at least an intelligent one, something that you can work with without having to go and get a computer science degree. This takes me back to access though. If you remember in the early days of the early nineties, when access rose up and tools like Visual Basic came alive and real developers were kicking sand in their face. But all of a sudden you started seeing business people using access to build solutions without code. And it caused a revolution that IT hated, but it caused a revolution nonetheless. Pretty soon you saw access databases all over the land on your Novell Netware drives. And IT went crazy, but productivity skyrocketed because regular business analysts could do it. Is that what you're saying? Well, I'll argue that we actually like IT and we actually want to work with IT, but we absolutely first priority is to empower the people in the business to bring up their productivity. That's the first thing. I don't want a digital twin of a 3D model walking around pressing AI buttons. I want to be able to do operational things. I want to find it before it's stolen. I want to be able to turn it off before it breaks. I want to be extremely operational, extremely fast. Wow. Wow. I'm going to drink to that with this physical cup of some folks doing digital twin. Yeah. Wow. There you go. You just throw down a low set in front of the clear blader. He might pull out his clear blade and attack you. Both of them Compass Intel awardees. This spring. Oh, what, what is this Compass Intel thing? I don't know. I'll tell, tell you about it later. It's secret service, secret sauce. Tell us what it is. People want to know. <laughs> Tell us the truth. The truth is there are a lot of companies out here that are doing some good things. There are a few thing, few companies out there doing big things that actually know what they're talking about with the customer. And my phone keeps ringing. Sorry, I don't know how to turn this thing off. But Compass Intel, we've been around for a while. A couple decades. <sighs> been around. I think I ran into those people at Mobile World Congress. Way back when. Way back when, when we had our amazing genius telephone product called Windows Mobile. <laughs> well, I think we were using BlackBerry then. No, don't tell me, <laughs> don't give me the B word. <laughs> don't do that to me. You and your two-way pager, Skytel turning into a BlackBerry. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my All right. So then I think what I'm hearing is that maybe we're not so different after all, Mr. Powers. <laughs> Maybe not. We might be aiming for the same thing. We yeah. might be aiming for the same thing. Simplicity, flexibility. Simplicity, make it available for everyone. Get real data that we can work with on the on the digital side. You got it. It sounds like if you needed to change some marketing material for certain audiences, you could say that your intelligent assets are an implementation of digital twins. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I could, but too many analysts' heads would explode. So I'd be very careful with that out there. <laughs> but but you're machines, right. You're digital right. Machines, automation, 
there's a lot of words out there, but I think bottom line is if you can speak to the customer and the customer understands what the heck you're talking about without it being some marketing mumbo jumbo, then you're way ahead of the curve. So <laughs> and I love that. I love that, that, you know, maybe we do tie this together. We are feeding that bigger vision of the digital twin intelligent asset would love to be in that space and help. I did see someone commenting on the fact that they're like, an intelligent asset, this doesn't really mean anything to the consumer side. I'm like, well, that's not a consumer term. Um, consumers aren't sitting there worried about their assets other than their ass, but it is not the case. So I was she like, said that, ass. That, that didn't make sense. That one didn't make sense to me. <laughs> IoT consumer market is not what we're talking about. Nope. But an asset is a term heavily used in manufacturing. That's why Hitachi, which is a giant mega conglomerate manufacturer, we called them asset avatars instead of digital twins, because that made sense to people in our space. No, and, and you're right. The word asset, right? I mean, there's long, long stuff that we talk to that integrates from the enterprise asset management group, right? And there's a lot of asset tracking. There's a lot of things that do asset monitoring, right? And, and what we're saying is, is these things are kind of all rolled into one once we think of them in the digital twin context. Right. All of these capabilities can roll together as a digital twin and we can do both tracking, both monitoring and control. If that's what we need to do. Control and control. Like you can set something in your asset, intelligent asset twin thing, like for a command and some rules that will send a message back to the actual machine to tell it to change its behavior. Of course. Of course. We're keeping greenhouses warm. Whoa. <laughs> Actuate, actuate all the way. You're an actuator and a sensor. <laughs> sensor sense and actuators act. You know, this is now. Um, I mean, after I mean, I, I I usually take the first shots at the at the marketers, but you know, to to cut them some slack, you know, to use the term the term digital twin um, as a catch-all, um, you know, it, it has it has to be done when you're trying to cast a really really wide messaging net. Because as humans, you know, we we know the twin must be like a copy of something, right? You're no I human. Where, I think where the opportunity is, is that if Aaron is talking about rail operations for, a, you know, an operator or a train manufacturer maintenance, and, and, and Rob, you know, you're talking about a, you know, a, a batch process manufacturer or, or a discrete operation that we can use these things in terms that are specific to them. So if I say uh, assets and tags, I can follow with, oh, PLC, PLC, I have tags. This is how I identify things versus, and I like in a rail yard, I couldn't tell you how to do that. I, I like, I have no idea how they do it, but, and, the, and the, so that's the opportunity and that's where it gets tough. So for marketers out there, if you, you know, sizable market, make it general, but if you have, you know, don't, sometimes we think that certain opportunities are too niche and that I might only have two customers. But if those two customers happen to control, you know, like 12% of a market, you want to spend your time and, and, and honor your customer's intelligence by marketing appropriately and specifically with things like intelligent assets and digital twins in, in, in any order. So there's a marketing so here's a question for you, David, along those lines. So digital twins is very technology oriented, 
right? So should we be using an asset avatar term to reach the wider audience versus the digital twin term, which requires, I mean, searching for digital twins right now requires you to very quickly get a degree in many types of math, right? Large pieces of paper come back from this, this search term. Do we need to think about if we're going to hit a wide audience, are we using the right term? I, I, that's where we've come to this. When I say digital twin, my audience is venture capitalists. Just like a few months, a couple of weeks ago, when my audience was them, and I said blockchain. And then before oh, that, no. I said AI. Blockchain. Let me just tie this into the railroad really quick, because I know you don't think there's a connection between digital twins and railroad. But why, Remember, do, why does blockchain and digital twin always get pulled tied together? Oh, I don't know. For funding, for funding purposes. Oh, okay. Funding. I can sell you a digital twin as a non-fungible token, though. So <laughs> take that. But remember, it started with Tom Hanks in a spaceship with Gary Sinise fixing a problem. Then it was Tom Hanks running across America through Navajo country to make it to Sedona to get the first twin. And then to tie it in with Railroad, Tom Hanks was there with the Polar Express. And he pulled digital twins into the rail industry right there. And it transformed the rail industry forever. Dang, you're quick. Yeah, wow. but Aaron, uh, the, you know, the way um, I think too for us, uh, you know, for, or for, I would say for you, us practitioners, uh, if it's a marketing message, we can leverage the play on words. We can be cheeky about it. You know, we can start the bit with like, hey, you know, what's the deal with digital twins or assets or, or, or this? And then, you know, have the folks, you know, do the right search engine optimization. So, you know, do you want to be the, 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 the internet geography where people are like, okay, I'm a regular person and I can understand this. Uh, I've got a PhD and I'm a mechanical engineer and I can understand this. So I think where, again, back to the, the, the opportunities in, in, the, in the middle, um, I think uh, folks who are looking for solutions and have heard this endless terminology will find it refreshing for someone who messages in an opposite way, saying like, hey, you know, like you can call it whatever you want, but here's what I do. And if you've heard about what digital twins could do, if you've heard about what intelligent assets can do, if you can, if you, you know, if you, if you are a fan of factory 4.0 or again, whatever the, the, the headline messaging is, we are able to help you. And, 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 and here's why. So anyway, that's how I would answer your yeah. question without the Polar Express. I think it's validated by the response, right? There's been a huge number of people coming back and saying, destroy that term. We don't know what it means, right? And they're, they're excited to watch this term get get redefined or better defined, whatever it needs to be. But, right? do, but do you think that the people that are saying destroy the term are us, folks like us who do this for a living, but we're missing the folks that we're trying to sell to? Because th th that's the thing, right? You know, it's, I, I mean, I, I, it's you guys literally do this for a living and you can get into the minutia of it, but, and, and maybe a large population of the people that commented, right? We are, we do, this is our network. And, and I think there's, I there's catering to that, but there's also taking care of, of my business slice that there is an audience that doesn't understand this at the level that you guys do. So, you know, you cannot just, you know, uh, 
grab Rob and wrap him in a big plastic bag and plug in the pipe with the noxious fumes so that digital twins go away. We cannot do that. That's yeah. fraud. That's Are you telling me to make this understandable to regular people? Yes. yes. Well, I, I think that it's it's always been a battle. I think especially a lot of bigger companies is because they battle on the side of marketing where it's all about SEO and hedging our bets against certain terms, key terms that drive traffic to our site, drive tra- drive tra- traffic to everything that we're investing in from a channel marketing perspective. And so that's huge because I remember, uh, gosh, it was a while back, but working with the Sprint business team on whether they should keep the M to M versus IoT. They all thought it was M to M. And I told them, it's all moving to IoT. You've got to go there, got to go there. And it's not, it wasn't like IoT had an actual definition because back then it was even more convoluted than it is now. Um, and it encompasses a lot of different things. But that's the problem is you got marketing that's focused on how do we word things. But then on the business side, the people that are sales and, and directly in front of those field and operations folks, they're not talking about the word IoT. They're talking about a lot of things that are specific to their industry, their business, their solutions, the problems that they're dealing with. So there's still this gap. And I think that we will always struggle with that because you do have marketing arms versus sales and operational arms that are completely going in different directions. And it just continues to be the case across the board. Smaller companies, it tend to be a little bit more niche and they'll, they'll end up growing organically because they'll get a couple of customers in a specific industry. So you'll see their marketing really geared towards that industry, and then they'll kind of filter out that way. But it's the bigger companies that really are challenged. So what you're saying is you put those keywords on your web page so that Alta Vista can index them and people can find you if you're in M2M, it, you're really in IoT. If you're an intelligent asset, you're also in digital twin. Oh my God, marketing is incredible. It's all about the CEO, baby. Wow. Uh, folks, we are uh, we have run Coffee's out of coffee. Out. Lantern, are you running out of coffee? To get coffee. Um, Aaron, Rob, Stephanie, thank you for this battle royale. Um, to the community, uh, hopefully your throat is not as sore as our you know, two amazing hosts here. If you have any comments, uh, please put them up. We, you can find us at iotcoffeetalk.com on YouTube. Like us, share, comment, and, and be specific. Words have meaning. If you're on the side of let's obliterate these terms, explain why. If you're on the side of defending these terms and why, explain why so that the community, the practitioners, the folks in the middle, the end consumer, and that person in the field taking advantage of a digital twin or an intelligent asset could benefit. So like us and stay safe out there. Thanks again. IOTCoffeeTalk.com. IOTCoffeeTalk.com. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. And giggle. Welcome. <laughs> oh, yeah.